ladies and gentlemen, the Sunday card is back for another edition. In my corner is Dan Zampano. Hello, universe. How you doing? In the other corner is Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silkus, and our beloved official that will be uh, officiating this fight this evening is none other than our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Perricone. Gentlemen, another edition of the Sunday card is upon us. We've got Aaron Rodgers talk. We've got Julio Jones talk. We're going to break down the NFC East by positional ranking. It's going to be a blast. But fellas, what a weekend in sports, huh, Maddie? I mean, we have the this is the best time of year. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and a little thing called the PGA Championship went on this weekend too. Wild times in our beloved sports universe. Yeah, we were in a, like a little bit of a lull there as far as sports were. Again, yeah, there was NHL and NBA and start of baseball, but nothing important. And now it's just every night. Uh, you just got important games on for the NBA and the NHL. And then, like I said, the PGA Championship, the man, thumbs up. I'm throwing two thumbs up right now for that man, Phil Mickelson. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I really did not think he was going to do it. Everybody, I'm, I was working at the Country Club Saturday. Everybody's coming in saying, oh, Phil has a lead. He'll blow it. Every last person was just like, eh, oh, yeah, it's Saturday. He's got a lead. He'll blow it. And, and kudos to him. He held him off and, and it played really well on Sunday. So that was fun to watch. I, I, I watched as much as I could of that uh, the PGA. Age is but a number. That's all it is, guys. I mean, it made me feel like I still have a chance to possibly, you know, fix my body and go to the NFL. I don't know. It could happen. I could be the next Danny Woodhead. I don't know. Like, Phil just inspired. No, yeah, you're right, Lewis. Yep, I can't do it. But <laughs> I can dream about it, can I? I mean, Phil just absolutely turning back the clock and the wildest golf scene I've ever seen. I thought somebody was going to mug him. Like, he was getting yanked around, but that's Phil. Like, he, he thrives in, like, those environments of just chaos. And it was so funny how Brooks just got completely swallowed up by the crowd. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, pandemonium. I've never – I mean, that was a that was an absolute scene out there. I mean – COVID who? I mean, it's it's yeah. just like, I mean, the world is opening back up. That's did, for sure. Did we beat COVID? I feel like we, we beat, beat it. World, world one, COVID zero. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, go. We got we got our buddy Chris Kudso at the at the Hurricanes game tonight. Great game, by the way. He goes twelve thousand people and not a sniff of a mask. Like it is. I think we beat. I'm just saying. I don't know. Get like vaccines, do what you have to do, like stay safe. But like, I think we won. Yeah. Hey, I'll be, I'll be at the Mets game actually uh, on uh, Thursday. So I'm going to Mets game Thursday. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you're going to be in the, the separate sections, vaxxers, anti non vax people, vax people. There's all sorts of different things going on here. But yeah, I'm hoping to see uh, maybe a lot of people here, a little day game action. Have you been to a live sporting event? I have. I'm trying to. Th I now that you say that, I'm like the last live sporting event I went to is probably the Northern Trust of from 2019 when I went up there with the, me and Lewis went up to the Northern Trust at uh, Liberty National Golf Course in New York, and I think that was it. Oh my God! It's probably going to be majestic for you. I've been to smaller events, like you know, we've had like hockey events on campus, but I'm going to the national. Um, uh, lacrosse semifinals on Saturday. So that's going to be a blast for me. Whoa. So that's going to be like the biggest spot, but 
Uh, that's at Rensselaer Field. When I come back, by the way, I'll see you guys this week. Thank God. A little return to the Danny, return to the Mac. So that'll be a lot of fun. But um, that happened. NHL playoffs are absolutely insane. I was just mentioned we were watching this Hurricanes Preds game five, Maddie. Toronto turning it around after a, after a hiccup on game one. So your predictions and Vegas turning it around after game one, although that's going to game six with the wild. I mean, it is like crazy, crazy playoff scenarios going on. Yeah, no, I mean, and it can't be the NHL playoffs first round, just three, you know, two, three games every single night. And the only team, I mean, Danny, your favorite team right now, Colorado, just taking care of business, sweeping the blues right out the door. Uh, Don't let the door hit you on the way out. But uh, we just got to hope Vegas wins and we get what should be borderline a Stanley Cup matchup if Colorado and Vegas play in the second round. Absolutely. I think, and I think your prediction too, I was talking to somebody the other day. And if it was me and I was betting, I would take Boston right now. I think that prediction by you was really good and getting them to a semifinal uh, to get out of there. And then I, I think Tampa right now, because I really don't know if Carolina is getting out of this alive. Like they just don't look, they don't look nearly what I thought they were going to look like uh, against Nashville, but I can't wait for that Vegas Colorado series. Either. That's going to be a blast. Yeah. No, like I said, lot, lot to go, lot still to be, to happen. And, you know, the, the nail hasn't been put in anybody's coffin yet outside of St. Louis. So, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. By the way, Lewis, valiant effort by your New York Knicks. First playoff game back. The garden was rocking again. Excellent, excellent atmosphere. I haven't seen it like that in my lifetime. <laughs> but <laughs> but Trey Young, Trey Young breaking hearts, unfortunately. I know. Yeah, I know. Stop. I, I just have to relive this every day now. <laughs> it must have been just, really weird i'm just saying it must have been really weird to have a playoff game for it, it was just, great to see him in the playoffs just getting a little pat on the head like oh yeah you guys made the playoffs but try young yeah okay all right we get it we get it game one it's game one hey hey i'm just saying it's good it's good to have it back that's all if it's if it's happened in new york it's good in new york let's get to some football talk shall we uh before we get to more on aaron Rodgers, which we do every week uh how about this story Julio Jones, ladies and gentlemen, of all the things, Julio Jones, and we've talked about Julio Jones for a while, possibly not coming back to Atlanta. And then when the season ended, all those rumors got quenched kind of a little bit. Now they're way back because Shannon Sharp decided to make a phone call on national television, on national television which is unbelievable that this is how it went. I mean, there's no way that Julio knew he was on the air, right? Like, <laughs> there's no way. Uh, who knows? Who knows with that show? I mean, everything, you know, is probably scripted, but I mean, I would assume he didn't. I don't think that's something you kind of just leak out there. But you don't just say like, so basically Shannon Sharp calls Julio Jones and asks him, where are you going? Are you staying in Atlanta? And he basically, he just flat out said, he's like, nah, I'm out of there. (laughs) Like, like, okay, like that's crazy, you know? So I guess Julio's just going places and that started the rumor mill of just a thousand different teams that he could go to. Could he go to, you know, Indianapolis, San Francisco, reunite with Kyle Shanahan, the Tennessee Titans, possibly, possibly come up north to a little place called Foxborough. That would be freaking amazing. I mean, what is your sense of this story? Do you think it's definitely happening? And if so, where would you like to see Julio? Yeah, I mean, I would think I, I 
there was again there was talks of it before. Obviously, they, they were saying uh, like the number one team against cap issues really going into this year, which is I mean absolutely a mess as far as their their cap is laid out between Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and and all these other young guys they got to sign and signing Todd Gurley to like too much money and all things like this. So um, I definitely think you'd be out of there. I don't know. It, it's so hard. I mean, I keep seeing. I see San Francisco as the front runner, and I just don't see that after they just had to like mortgage so many picks to get Trey Lance. Um, I mean, unless it's involving like sending, you know, Jimmy G back the other way or something like that. Besides, but I mean, like more first round picks for Julio Jones. I love the idea of Indianapolis, obviously. That was the one thing we kind of said. It's like they, you know, if there's one position they need, it's a wide receiver and talk about getting a freaking X factor wide receiver. But it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be willing to mortgage some picks in order for, you know, I mean, he's still obviously a top player in the league, but he's not exactly a, a young buck anymore. So be interested to see who is willing to uh, to fork up the the cash, the picks, the uh, the draft prospects. I, he can't go to Indianapolis because Michael Pittman won't let him have 11. So that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's an unfortunate thing. But it's, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just goes, now, now that he'd be free to wear number one. So maybe he just rocks the, rocks the single one. Or he he could go back to college days and wear eight like he did at Alabama. That's that's exact, exactly what he'll do if he can't get eleven somewhere else. Which, by the way, like, is it bothering you that all these guys are changing to like college jerseys? Like, like it, like it's bothering me now. Like at first I was cool with it, but like now, like everybody's doing it, and I'm not gonna know what position people are. Like it's just gonna. It's, I, there's something about. Maybe I'm old man Dan about this, but like there's something about like the NFL that it's like very prestigious getting there and it's not college. Like it's just not college. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Numbers are numbers. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks. Thank you for that much more uh, comfortable opinion for, for that. I like I like it. I like it. It's just it's something that boggles my freaking mind. But anyway, with Julio, a team that I would like to see Julio go, and I think he could really thrive here. And I know it may not be the sexiest team. I think if you're the Washington football team, you got to take a stab at that dude. I, can you imagine them having Terry McLaurin on one side, him on the other, Curtis Samuel mixed in? Like that automatically makes them like pretty dangerous. And I know they don't have like the quarterback set really, but like if Julio was to go to that team, I feel like he could really, really thrive there. Um, that's just me. And then, I mean, if I'm looking at a sexy team, like for him to go to and a team with a lot of money, I mean, Matt, like Denver could swing talking. Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. Over oh, there. geez. I didn't even think you were going to say that. And I thought you were going to go for your favorite, your Super Bowl favorites here, the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland yeah. Browns would be a that, fantastic, that, it would be a fantastic spot, spot for him to go. I didn't even think about that to have now you met. Dude, that would be – they would be the favorites, would they not? I mean – Julio, got, oh, OBJ, Landry. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. Kidding? Are you uh, – my God, that would be – that. The, uh, my brain would – I'd be all in. I'd be all in on – they'd be in the Super Bowl. I mean, they'd be better than the Chiefs, would they not? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Offensively, they would have just as many weapons. They have a okay. better defense. Okay. Well, your weapons are not the quarterback, Dan. I don't know if you but know how good how good that man, Mr. Mahomes, is. 
but he's pretty damn good. He's pretty damn good, but Baker does not need to be an MVP candidate for them to win. That's all I'm saying. They have the running game to do it. They have, and if they added a weapon like that, like I don't know, I think I would be all in on Cleveland. That is a dangerous, dangerous team. If if that happens, goodness, um, that would be exciting. I'm very excited. I'm really hoping that the Patriots are the team that snags him. And just I don't know how why people want to play with Cam so bad because he he looks like his arm is like you know just got bitten off by a zombie in zombie land or something like that. I don't know. Like it's just, I don't know why people want to play with him, but I, he's, he's an attractive quarterback to go play with, I guess. So kudos to him. Let's use him for everything we got. Let's get Julio on the team. That would be amazing. Um, Aaron Rodgers continues as well. Did a little interview with Kenny Maine as we kind of wrap up these headlines. Uh, it's, it's philosophy. It's all about philosophy. By the way, shout out Kenny Mayne, like one of the best sports bank, sports center anchors of all time, literally telling Aaron Rodgers, F you, like as his parting call was amazing. But I, it just kind of reiterates the same thing we've kind of been talking about is that, you know, I said a couple, I said last week or two weeks ago when we did the show, I think I said that this story was kind of BS. And I, I think now, like, you know, the way I look at it, I still see the story as kind of manufactured, but at the same time, now I can see it as that Rogers really doesn't want to be there. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be there. It just means that the whole media has kind of purported this into a different kind of light and how it is. And I just think Rogers isn't being treated fairly, but I still think that the cards are on the table. The cards are definitely on the table for him to leave. And I don't see anything really changing that much just based on how he acted in that interview. No, I mean, like I said, it, it really it all came about obviously from first day of OTAs, and he's not there. And again, it's just like any other position, you can kind of maybe not show up for the OTAs or whatever, and then and get back into shape. But not if you're the leader of the team. Not if you're the leader, you know, leader of the offense, leader of the team, the role model, the captain, the everything. Like that guy's that got to be at OTAs, and if he's not there, I mean, it just shows me that he he is he's very much out. And like again, said in there, he's just yeah, different philosophy, different this. I think he's just. He's tired. And again, it really is like you watch what Tom Brady just did, went to a team and the team did everything that he wanted them to do and build around him. And he's going, well, what the, what the hell, man? Like, why, why can't I get this treatment? So, you know, I think, I think he's realizing that he has the power and if he wants to leave, he can leave and he can just not play. If the Packers are able to swindle Julio Jones, do you think that they would, that he would come back? No. Right. I kind of agree with you. I agree with you. It's 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 like a too little, too late kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's more about the front office and all that, and like it's a it's the principle of everything for Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be really exciting when he's we a, find he's out. He's a like, grudge guy. He, he's he a is. notorious grudge guy. He is a notorious grudge guy. But I'm just so like I feel like every day I wake up and I'm going to see an Adam Schefter tweet of one of those two getting traded. And like, I feel like this whole summer, I'm just going to be a bated breath the whole time. <laughs> just waiting for that, waiting for that notification. What, when is that window? That's uh, it's June 1st, right? We have to still wait. Like they can't do anything quite yet. Well, they can do it, but the Falcons are going to save a lot of money if, if they wait till June 1st. So I, I don't expect them to make this trade for another week, but and and the Packers the same thing. I think this Packers the Rodgers are gonna this thing's gonna go all the way into preseason. I feel like with them, but but with the Falcons, I think after 
after Memorial Day, we could see just bombshell maybe on that Tuesday or, you know, Thursday or whatever day it is that, that June 1st rolls around. You might get a you might wake up to a little bit of news. You know what I mean? I think it's I think it's definitely a possibility. I think I think they're both going to be playing in new places next year. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. That would be amazing. That's going to be so sick. Um, let's do a little positional breakdown here for the people, shall we? We did the AFC East a couple of weeks ago. Let's do the NFC East this week, uh, as we do every, as we are going to do throughout this kind of eight-part series we're going to do here. Uh, breaking it down, the quarterback, the running back room, the pass catcher's room, the defense, and the coaches. That's how we're going to rank everything. And we did the AFC East, so now it's time for the NFC East. Maddie. I really enjoyed your positional rankings last week. Let me hear it for the NFC East. Seems pretty straightforward, but I, I, it's it's going to be kind of interesting because this is like we're coming off the worst, worst performance by a division almost in NFL history. So lay it on me. Yeah, it did kind of feel, again, like you said, maybe a little cut and dry to start, uh, I, especially for, I mean, especially for if we're going to start with the quarterback category. It's pretty clear that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in this division. Uh, I should have just realizing I missed the joke there and should have just said, obviously, clearly Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he is my number two on the list. He is my number really? two on the list. I really do think Fitzmagic over uh, Danny Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, and Jalen Hurts. But again, Dak is clearly at the top of this. I mean, we, me and you both liked him for an MVP season last year before he got, obviously, and he was even trending that way but prior to getting hurt. Um, so, I mean, you gotta, gotta have Dak Prescott at the top of the quarterback room, or the quarterbacks of the division. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, definitely, I, I would put Fitz magic as number two. I don't know about you, but I mean, clearly Dak number one, who's your second. I thought about this long and hard. I did about the second cause Dak obviously is, is the, is the, is the one, but you know, I don't think it's that big of a gap considering that he's coming off of an injury, but. I'm really loving me some Jalen Hurts. I, I oh, wow. really am. I do think that he – I think he just has the mentality down. Like, if he can develop – I don't love the – I don't love the coach. Like, the coach, we're going to get into that. Like, I'm not sure how he fits into all this, and I still have to see what they're going to do. There's so many question marks, but I just see Hurts as a leader. That's all I see him as. And I just can't take Ryan Fitzpatrick. As much as that, like, quarterback room – I, I would take that quarterback room as a whole, uh, maybe, and then I would possibly put that together with Jalen Hurts just because, look, they were able to win with three pretty bad quarterbacks last year. And now they're, they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. They get back Kyle Allen, a guy who was with Rivera in, in Carolina. And then they have uh, Taylor Heineke, uh, who went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. I mean – Come on, like you know. So, but in in all seriousness, I just think Hertz has the leadership. I would put the Washington Football Team quarterbacks room as a whole third, and then I put Daniel Jones fourth because I really don't see it. I, I I think he's the thing that's I think he's the thing that's holding the Giants back. I I really do. I, he I, I I've said this the whole offseason. Nobody has a bigger season coming up for them at the quarterback position than Daniel Jones in the NFL. For sure. Yeah. I mean, again, with, with everything they did, obviously we're going to get into the rest of the positions, but like, uh, you know, everything they added for him as far as weapons, um, it, it, it's, it's now or never. I mean, we can't wait around. I don't think Joe, Joe Judge is not going to stand for mediocrity in that, in that, in that uh, locker room. Oh, no, he will not. 
No, he will not. Not with his Saban and Belichick background. He'll he'll pull the plug real quick. Let's go to the running backs category. This is a kind of a this is this was really tough for me. I got this say. was the hardest one. It really this was, was because you have you have you have kind of two camps that these four teams are in. The Giants and the Cowboys have a superstar running back, but not a lot of depth in their running back room. They have a couple of, of, of pieces there. And then the Eagles and, and Washington have two guys that are pretty good. Gibson is going to come up the ranks, but Miles Sanders is a really good running back. And then they have other guys sitting behind them kind of to fill out. So those two teams have more depth, but those two teams have a superstar. Figure it out for me. Yeah, I mean, broken record here. But, I mean, I, I got to have Dallas at the top of this one as well. Because I disagree that you don't like – I mean, Tony Pollard is a, is a really solid running back, and I thought he performed really, really well when Zeke was out, you know, last year. Or, or I mean, even – I mean, Zeke wasn't out really from injury. For, it was for fumbling problems and just, yeah. you know, things at the end of the year. But I think Zeke last year was really checked out once Dak was down. I mean, he, he wasn't great prior to that. He really had quite a down season. But I would expect – um, you know, again, I'm looking if if Zeke's uh fan we haven't got him gotten to the fantasy drafts yet, but if Zeke's fantasy value is down this year, which I think it could be, obviously he was like a notorious like top three pick basically last year out of the the big three running backs, one of the other ones being Saquon Barkley in this division. Um if he's if he's you know late first round, I think he's gonna be kind of someone to look at this year to maybe have a bounce back. But uh in second, I do have the Giants with Saquon. Um as much as they have Devontae Booker as their number two. So they definitely don't have any uh, any backups in there because he is just the worst. Um, <laughs> I, I do have them number two. Washington, number three. I love Antonio Gibson. I absolutely love Antonio Gibson. Um, and, I, I, you know, I do have Philadelphia four, mainly because it just feels like they've got so many guys that they almost have no guys because there's just always wow. a new running back in every single play, it feels like, for, for Philadelphia. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting because I feel like Philadelphia has the most depth of any team in this in this division at running back, but I do agree with you. I would go Dallas number one because of just exactly what you said. I do think Tony Pollard is a very, very viable backup to, to Zeke and allows Zeke to kind of load manage as much as I hate that. Um, you know, you do need to do it for your running backs. And sure. um, it's going to be interesting with your fantasy point too. Is Zeke and Saquon are they are either of those players top five picks like at, at the running back position? Oh man, I don't know. I, I'm not even ready for this conversation. I we got we got to we need deep dives in here. But it's I mean it's a great point with the amount of especially like feels like so many guys hit the scene last year and you got you know you got to think about like the Nick Chubbs with that system are going to go right. way way up in value and 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 you know a lot of other guys that really broke out. So yeah. Okay, I, we're, I mean, got to have a fantasy episode coming up prior to the season, so okay. we're going to put that one in the, in the calendar. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, to me, it's hard to find a, a slot for them in the top five. You could probably find it, but um, I would go Philadelphia second because I do like that they added on Johnson to that backfield, um, that they also have Boston Scott back there too. Miles Sanders, to me, is a very underrated running back. I think he's fantastic. And then they drafted that kid, Kenny Gainwell, out of Memphis. So I, I really like that. I put the Giants third just because they have no depth. And Saquon coming off an injury, that scares me a little bit. Uh, and then Washington, I would have fourth. Even though they were probably one of the more productive and like helpful out to their, 
to their team last year. They're still super, super young and kind of like all B, B running backs with McKissick and Barber and Gibson. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, wide receiver. Wide receiver. This Now this one, I mean, I think we can throw Philadelphia away. And they, yeah, they have really good tight ends, but Philadelphia is clearly last year. There's a lot of like back and forth between these three teams. I really believe that. I mean, again, I just Dallas at the top here. I mean, the the three guys that they have are just, I think they got, again, the Giants added some pieces. Kenny Galladay coming into the room. Now um, they add, they add Tony. Um, and then they still got Slayton and Shepard and guys like that are got it done. They had John Ross. They had this, the speedster and John Ross. Mm-hmm. But again, I just think the three guys that Dallas have are just too good. And they all just kind of, they all kind of play their own role really well and with with Cooper, Gallup, and then adding CeeDee Lamb two years ago. And just seeing what he what he was able to add there is just such a dynamic playmaker. Um I, I just love Dallas. Again, probably just I, I'm just in love with Dallas's offense. I have been, you know, since uh since Kellen Moore took it over. So uh maybe they just pass the ball a little bit better, show it off a little bit more. But yeah, I'd go Dallas one. Um, and then I probably would put the Giants second, which was a tough one to battle back and forth with uh, the Washington football team. Obviously, Terry McLaurin is such a beast and, and talk about a guy. I mean, who as far could be a top five talent at the wide receiver position in the league and, and be interesting to see what he could do with a really deep throwing quarterback last this year, obviously last year, the quarterback situation was just an absolute mess. I mean, between Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and Taylor Heineke and all this other stuff. So uh, seeing him have a, a quarterback with it, that could throw the deep ball now uh, should be pretty interesting. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that. I, I actually think the Cowboys and Giants are pretty close. Uh, I do have the Cowboys ahead of them just because of the explosiveness of their receivers of Amari yeah. Cooper and CD Lamb. I agree with you on that. The, what does Kyle Rudolph coming over to the Giants, adding him with Evan Ingram, does that do anything for you? Uh, I mean, you know. Catch catch a couple touchdown passes, maybe, maybe, maybe just more of a red zone guy and and a leadership guy, you know, a veteran, a nice veteran in the in, in the locker room to to lead those guys along. But I think Kyle Rudolph at this point in his career, not looking for too much offensive production out of him. Uh, okay, all right, all right. Well, I mean, what, what do you think? You you think Kyle Rudolph's got a lot of gas left in the tank? I, I listen. I, that dude can ball, man. <laughs> that dude can ball. He's 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 pretty similar. He's an older player, but he's pretty similar. He's got like Hunter Henry esque level, you know, talent. Like he's he's no joke, and and that was one of Kirk's Kirk's uh, favorite targets in the red zone. So, to me, I I think Kyle Rudolph definitely has something to tank. It's Evan Ingram that I'm worried about. <laughs> if Evan yeah. Ingram can actually play to his capabilities, then I would be I would be more inclined to maybe put the Giants ahead. But Kenny Galladay is such a different receiver than Amari Cooper that like you know you put their one against their one. Like I'm taking Amari Cooper like yeah every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like I just am. And then I might take, and then I'll take CD Lamb over any of the Slayton or Shepherd, and probably Gallops in that class too. So it's like you know, it's hard to put the Giants aren't there yet. If you're going to talk offense, we're talking Dallas. Like Dallas clearly has the best offense here. It's it's on the defensive side of the ball that they're going to have to worry. And and I am very excited, by the way, for Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I, I think he's finally going to get his due. Hopefully this year, um, coming after Washington. Uh, but with the defense, like we said, I, I am interested in hearing about which defense. I think I think we all pretty pretty much know, you know, 
who the favorite would, would be in this division if it was solely based on defense because they just were so, so good last year. Um, but give me your positional rankings on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's, it's got to be the team that was able to win the division at what was it, seven and nine, right? Seven, mm-hmm. They go eight and eight. <laughs> seven, the seven to nine playoff team. Yeah, um, that totally got there. You know, on the back of their defense and and on top of that, that front seven. Um, and then, like we've been talking about how what they've added now to the secondary, uh, bringing over uh, the name escaped me now, but the cornerback from Cincinnati, well, William Jackson. Yeah. Yes, Jackson. I mean. They could be so so nasty this year, and they had mm. uh, they, they had uh, JOK correct. They, they were the ones yeah. that snagged JOK in the draft in the second round. I mean, what a versatile player to add on to! Like such a good situation for him with just playing, you know, being able to play in a in a free system with those with already having that beef up front. He's that really kind of like middle floating, just adaptable player on the defense. So yeah. Washington, I think clearly. Uh, you know, number one in this division as far as that goes. And, and, you know, top five in the league maybe as far as defense goes. Oh, easily. Easily. They're clearly the best defensive front in football. Like the, you have four first-rounders there with Chase Young, Duran Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. That right there, the, those four guys, case closed. They're the best defensive front in football. Um, but adding William Jackson, like you're saying, like that makes them even better on the, the secondary. So, like – this team really doesn't have a lot of holes on defense. And, and I would be, listen, outside of, outside of like Tampa, because obviously Tampa is just better than everybody, but like I'm not putting it past anybody to challenge, to get to an NFC title game. Like I, th- that's a team that could do it. If they could make the playoffs last year with the freaking three Caballeros they had at freaking quarterback last <laughs> year, you know, like, they could very easily do this with, with Fitzpatrick. And if Fitzpatrick can't go, I mean, we'll see what Taylor Heineke has. But, you know, I, I am I am pretty excited for Washington, no doubt. Dallas is clearly the worst defense, though, the worst defense in this entire thing. I mean, that, that's the problem, is that Dallas is so bad on defense. And adding Micah Parsons, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice, and they have, they have good linebacking core, but – I mean, outside of Demarcus Lawrence, they don't have much at all on the rest of that team. Nothing. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they they spent I think what six or seven draft picks this year on on defensive players. Um, but I get, I mean, are you just putting? I know Philadelphia. I guess still has some pieces there, so you can put it. But like Philadelphia, just all around. I, I again, I feel just like I had Dallas on the top of my list for for more than half of these in Philadelphia in the fourth spot for more than half of these. I feel like, um, you know, I mean, I'm not necessarily, it was definitely a close one for last place, but I mean, Philadelphia is, is no, is not that great on, on defense themselves. No. So, um, no. but again, the giants, I think are a team that are very interesting too. They had some promising, you know, some players, James Bradbury really broke out as like a top cornerback in the league last year. If you can have another year like that, um, it should be good for them. But I mean, they, then they bring in a Dory Jackson who right. I, it just seems like you're moving backwards. Seems like you know a step forward with James Bradbury, and you bring a Dory Jackson in, who just they couldn't wait to get rid of in Tennessee. Um, but but they they have a solid, a pretty solid front seven as well. But again, nothing to rival the football team. They they do they do. I I just hate the move for Dory Jackson. Like and I just <laughs> I I just don't un- really I don't really understand. It. I mean I understand it because he's fast, but like there's no there's no real good coverage 
for him. And then, you know, they do lose Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle. So I feel like the Giants are going to be, you might be able to run the ball on the Giants this year. Like if you're a team, you know, that's how I would attack them just because Leonard Williams up front getting all that cash. Like now he's losing that guy next to him. So I'm interested in how they navigate that, but I will agree with you. I think the Giants and Eagles are, are pretty close because the Eagles still have a really good front set front front line, like with Fletcher Cox and, and Hargraves and Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett. Like they have, they still have a really solid core there. So if there's one thing the Eagles have, that's what they have. But I mean, outside of that, they, they, they don't have much. No. They're they doing too much fly Eagles fly this year at the link. I, I don't think. Um, let's, let's finish up with coaching really quick. I think this one's pretty clear who, who, uh, who number one is at least to me, but, uh, interested in where you have the other three. I see. I had a hard time with this one. I, really? You, you need to lead this one. Cause I, you're obvious. Number one, if I had to guess, are you you're going with Ron Rivera? Or are you going with the Patriots, man? Yeah. I, I, I no, would. No, 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 I'm definitely going with Ron Rivera. I mean, okay. I ha- I have. I don't know. I have Joe Judge maybe at the top of my list. I really, you know, Mister Locker Room, Mister Morale, Mister, you know, get these whip these boys into shape. I mean, I like Joe Judge a lot. Uh, I, I, I get obviously Ron, Ron Rivera really again, took a team that people really didn't consider to be in in that division. Obviously, so many things changed as soon as Dak was hurt, and you know that really just flipped the division around. But um, I mean, I'm certainly not putting Mike McCarthy at the top of this. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say Mike Nolan should have been the head coach. That would have fixed everything. <laughs> Goodness. No, I, I, I'm all about Riverboat Ron, man. I think he's I think he's just changed the culture so much in Washington, and he's a defensive-minded coach anyway, so he really doesn't have to touch the offense too much, and they can they can let their offensive coordinator kind of work that work work out what they want. And, you know, with him, he's such a player's coach. Like, I love that about him. Joe Judge is still – Joe Judge is number two, but Joe Judge is still kind of like – molding his team and and seeing what he is as a coach it's only second year here so like i'm not ready to like anoint him i think he's very promising but he is a real hard out too so i want to see how he kind of navigates decision making in game the rest of the way and especially this year with daniel jones being so important mccarthy is i guess three only because sirianni is like I don't Sirianni to me is like Zach Taylor. Like, why is he in the league? Why yeah, is he but, like by, by default, by default, he's last. Like, I, it's like, it might as well be the first thing I wrote in on this list. We'd just start, start from the bottom up with that one. Like, like if, if you are the guy that is, is on zoom calls with your, with the draft picks, with the draft prospects, and you're playing freaking rock, paper, scissors with them as like some type of competitive, weird game. Like I'm automatically out. Like I'm autumn. He, he, and no doubt he plays paper because he's, it sounds like he's paper hands guy. Like he's paper hands. We're, we're diamond hands only here, but he's paper hands. Like I do not understand. I don't understand it. I don't understand why he's the coach. And look, if, if we, if he can read you like, if we can read you like a book in a game of rock, paper, scissors, then I'm not too confident in your play call. <laughs> We're reading that paper sheet you got on the sidelines pretty easily if you're doing that. Uh, ops up to Sirianni for getting a job, but hopefully he can keep it for more than two years. Uh, that's it. Awesome. I love it. A little difference of opinion that time. I like that. We didn't have that much last time. Uh, so very good, Maddie. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and I think we have, again, 
we're just going, you know, here geographically, whatever's closest to us and moving across. But we will have, I think there's going to be a lot more divisions coming up um, that I feel like we're going to have a lot more parity and a lot more discussion that we can get in with this. Again, this one fell, as much as we said, you know, last one was cut and dry. This one, as I sat down and did it, it was like, again, felt really cut and dry. I had, didn't even have to really like hem and haw over too, too much here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I think we might have some. We might have some discussions on some later ones. I think it's going to sure. be it's going to be fun as we go along these next couple of six weeks we got. So uh, six more shows coming at you at least uh, before the summer gets rocking and rolling. Uh, hockey in tonight. We're getting it all in. It's fantastic. I'm loving this cane stuff. Uh, excited to see where the rest of that goes and looking forward to coming home Memorial Day. I got to see. Lou Paracone for the first time in my life, watch a Knicks playoff game. I get to see it live in person. I'm very excited. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Your Mavericks are up by nine right now. No way. We stole, we stole game one. I don't know how we did it. Uh-huh. I, I just know we're going to get swept the rest of the way, but like we're up nine on the clips. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Yep. And the Lakers and the Suns are in a close one. Two point game right now. In second oh, quarter. please. Wait, Lou, before we go, before we go. Let's like, do it. Let's do it. I already yeah, know. Here, I need it. it. I Let's need it. to discuss this with you. Go ahead. Like, is there a bigger loser in the entire NBA than LeBron James? Like, I'm sorry. Like, he's a winner. He's the king. I get it. Like, from a play standpoint, he's fantastic. I cannot take it anymore with this man. Just uh, the the Tony Award winning LeBron James. I've, I just – I can't take it. I've never seen – a player who would supposedly dominate the 1990s because of his size and strength, get boxed out by a player like Chris Paul, (laughs) fall to the ground in agonizing pain. And then when he looks over and sees that there's a fight going on in the corner, he's like, oh, shoot. Everyone's looking over there. I got to, I got to move it. I got to get over there. I, I, I am so glad you put out that part, watching him get himself up, to then walk over to where everybody else was and then like fall down again. I mean, what are we doing? He might as well say, ah, I need medical attention. It's so, (laughs) so ridiculous. Like, Like, and it's not like he's getting boxed out by a big man or a senator, right? Like, it's not like DeAndre Ayton, like, took his legs out. It's Chris Paul. It is not, and and like to add that on top of the whole eye gate, like I couldn't see, but I hit like a fifty foot shot to win the game. Like, uh, just just spare me, spare with me, talking, please. please. Just go out there and play and do what you're great at. Please, oh. just leave us alone. Please let the funds <laughs> beat you guys. <laughs> like, please, please. I've never care. been. I've 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 never been a bigger Suns fan in my oh. life. And, and then, and on top of it, you have him and Drake not only go out and like be drinking or whatever the night before, but then like put out put out the video that came out where LeBron James and Drake make a video about how they're not like respected and how they're not like oh. given enough credit. Like, give me a damn break! <laughs> Boo! I'm not the center of attention. Like, oh my god! Like. Gag me with a freaking electrical cord. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, where's he going to go with this one? How's he going to close this up? Could have been anything. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Yeah. All right, let's close the show on that. Let's let's just end the show on that. Guys, I'm so excited to come see you guys. It has been too long. Not since Super Bowl 54. What is it? 54, 55? I don't even know what Super Bowl it is anymore. Not since the great Tom Brady's win have I have I seen and graced myself with, with your presence. So I'm very excited, very excited to hang out on Memorial Day with you guys. Yes, it's going to be a fantastic Memorial Day. Look forward to it uh, every single year. The kickoff of summer. And uh, yeah, and that just we are just going to be getting right into it. Bang, bang! bang. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll see Carolina, Virginia, and Duke and Maryland in the Lax Championships on Saturday. Then I'm coming over on Sunday. I'm so excited. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Sunday Card. You can listen to us everywhere around the world, and Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. If you want to listen to some local radio, there's a really good station, Sports Country Radio. It's at sportscountry.net. And we are on there, uh, sportscountry.org, I'm sorry. Or no, sportscountry.net, I lied. We are on there 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and 11 a.m. again on Sundays. It is the best station for your sports and your country music that money can buy. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone. I'm Dan Zampano. A very, very happy Memorial Day weekend to you. Enjoy it. Go Team America. And thank you for listening to the Sunday Card.